a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome to Passion, a show all about love, sex, and relationships. My name is Paris. I've been sitting in for Dr. Lori all week. She's away on vacation. You can follow her awesome adventures in Greece at Dr. Lori Batito on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And this week, we have kept the schedule as is. On Monday, we had the millennial panel. We answered your questions on Trouble Tuesday. Last night, we talked about the latest in sex and technology. If you missed any of those, they can be found at drlori.com. Tonight, we are switching it up. We are speaking with someone we've had on the show before and I couldn't wait to have her on again. She is an author. She's a certified sexologist, intimacy expert, and YouTube personality. Her name is Shan Boudram. Uh, like I mentioned, I've had her on a while back, and actually I wanted to have her on a couple months ago, but when I messaged her, she said she was working on a book. And if you had the chance to, to listen to our interview before, you know how brilliant she is. So the moment she said that, I'd been waiting to see what she did. And finally, I had the chance to read it. The book is called The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. So, you know, there was no way that I couldn't have her on. Um, if you want to find out more about the book, go to thegameofdesire.com and before you do that, I would say tune in for the whole show because we're not going to give all the secrets away, but we're going to give you all the reasons why you need to go get this book. Shan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yes, for best intro ever. Uh, I adore you. Thank you so much um, for having me on again. I love an encore presentation and the timing is perfect. So awesome. I'm excited to chat today. Awesome. So for anyone who missed um, our interview the first time around, you're a Torontonian. We've lost you to L.A., you wear many hats in the sexual education domain. And I'm just, can you let us know how you ended up here? What was the road traveled to the game of desire? Yes, I went to school at Centennial College in Toronto. And well, further to that, I went to Coppin State University in Baltimore. And it was there that I really started having these honest conversations about sexuality, love and dating with my classmates. And prior to that, I don't really feel like I had those honest discussions. And it dawned on me that... There really is great truth out there, but the media and, of course, the emerging porn industry, which at that time was just starting to really become a factor online, wasn't doing a great job of amplifying those real stories and the real lessons that could be learned from them. So when I went to school in Centennial, it just really was clear to me that this was the topic I wanted to focus on, that these were the stories that I wanted to share as a journalist. And I actually ended up writing my first book, Laid, while I was in school. It came out in 2009, which is a decade ago, uh, through Seal Press. And that really just pushed me into being the voice, the go-to voice for millennials and sex. And as I've gotten older and millennials have aged and the landscape has changed, I've continued to move with it and evolve. And this project is not as sex focused as before. This is really more so about seduction, dating and connection. And it really was because I have learned through my work that while sex education is massively important, further than that, people don't have emotional intelligence education. They don't have basic human connection education. And that's not a knock on anyone. That's a knock to be on the education system. So I thought that this book was necessary as almost a precursor to figuring out your sexuality. And that's how 10 years later, uh, I started my second book. 
And I wanted to know, you said that there's, you know, in your book, you say there's a lot of self-help books, but that we need a system. What is that system? Yeah, so I think what's really unique to the dating or the self-help space in general is it's all really vague information. It's almost like a cookbook that encourages you that cooking is worthwhile versus actually giving you recipes. And for a lot of people, they might really know that they want to cook, and they might have a lot of value and respect for cooking. But again, because we've never had that education, that clear-cut education How do we understand ourselves? How do we know what we're looking for? How do we go after it? How do we put our best foot forward? What personality types attract people? What kind of body language actually conveys the opposite message of what we're trying to achieve? All of those things I thought that people needed to learn literally step by step. And so I created a five-phase strategy, and that is what I worked on, what what the book is about. But as you know, um, it's one thing to tell people what to do. It's another thing to show them how it's done. So in addition to the book being uh, exploration of my five-phase strategy, it is also the story of how I worked with six women who were chronically single, down-on-love daters to see if my strategy could help to turn their lives around. We're speaking with Shan Boudram. She is the author of The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. So you, as you mentioned, the book revolves around six women. You actually had a whole system for finding these women. It was not an easy process from what it seemed like. What, you know, why was it important for you to work with six women or with a group of women to to work on these strategies? You know what it is, Paris, and I think that yourself, we might take this for granted, um, and you might take this for granted. You are an exceptional conversationalist. You have worked for years and years on your ability to connect with others, to have a short span of time, make a meaningful connection out of it. And those skills, there's a lot of skills that I have acquired over 13 years in this space that I think I took for granted. And so I actually did a project two years ago where I went out to prove that anyone could be a great dater. And I went on like maybe 40 different first dates, and I just tried out my techniques. And while it worked, the feedback I got from people was, well, you're you. So that's very different from me being me. And even if I use the exact same tips and techniques you're suggesting, it wouldn't look the same or it wouldn't work the same for me. So this was one me acknowledging that, Yes, I do have an advantage just based on the fact that I've spent so much time in this space, number one. Number two, I didn't want to give people a cop-out to say this wouldn't work for me because I'm not you. That's why it was important for these six women to be diverse, not just in looks, not just in age, but also in their roadblocks. So everyone could read this book and say, yeah, I can see myself in that person, and thus I can see myself being as successful as that person was in the end. And another thing I wanted to mention is that this is not just for straight women. I love that it's an inclusive conversation. You even have an advice from a stripper, I believe, at the end of the show, yeah. uh, at the end of the book. <laughs> and I just really feel like it's it, anyone could read this book and and just feel like they're in a non-judgmental space where they can actually learn and they could apply their the knowledge that you share to any sort of life situation. And it's something I actually wrote um, on my Instagram story, if anyone wants to, to check that out, it's at Paris Menser on Instagram. But, you know, you're reading this book for the dating advice, but actually what it turns out to be is a lot of personal work 
personal development and working on ourselves to figure out our kinks. And coming up, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the details of, you know, the five surprising secrets to dating with dominance. The book is called The Game of Desire by Shan Boudram. She is our guest for the whole hour, and she is gracious enough to have accepted to take questions as well. So if you have any dating questions, 514-800, you can text us throughout the show and I'll get to as many as I can. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. As you just heard, Dr. Lori's away. My name is Paris. I'm filling in for her tonight. We are speaking with Shan Boudram. She is the author of The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. If you want to find out more about the book, I want you to tune in for the whole hour. We're not going to give you all the secrets, but we're going to give you all the reasons why you need to read this book. Check it out at thegameofdesire.com. So Shan is the author of two books. She's a certified sexologist, intimacy expert, and a YouTube personality. You can check out her YouTube um, account. What's your YouTube if anyone wants to follow it? Just Shan, Shannon T. It's Shan Booty is the best, easiest way to search it. It's S-H-A-N-B-O-O-D-Y. I feel like there's so much there, not just about dating, but about lifestyle and inspiration as well, because I feel like men and women, but women, especially, you know, in this day and age, I feel like it's not we're past that crossroad, but we're in no man's land, kind of like what's accepted, what's not self-discovery is such an important conversation to have and sometimes we don't even know where to start and I feel like you're a great conversation started when it comes to that so in your Thank book you, in your book um, you have five phases that you go into you know deep explanation about so there's the no there's change there's learning there's practice and then there's be so we're not going to go into detail about each, but we're going to hover over all of them. You start off your book by obviously um, explaining who these women are that that you're going to be working with and giving them. It's not even just advice. It's just practical lessons that you went through. And to any of our um, listeners out there, this book is not just an advice book. It takes you through the process of Shan teaching these women um, it's not just tips and tricks, but lifestyle changes, personal adjustments as they work on bettering themselves and finding more meaningful relationships. So I want to talk about a couple of the things you discuss. One is um, the concept of women oversupply and men oversupply. What what does that even mean? Yeah, so it's actually a book called Datanomics that is by John Berger. He is a number crunching guy. I think he works in financial journalism, but he just saw that there was a lot of numbers that could really explain as to why the dating landscape is so difficult right now. I think it's also massively important to do that. I think it's very gaslighting for people to say to people, well, it's never been easier. You have all these dating apps, come on. And yet it actually is a lot harder statistically. And so John found that right now there is in some cities, especially in big cities like a Toronto or a New York or an LA, the number of college graduating women to men in some cases can be four to one 
And the amount of women who are single and available is larger than the amount of men who are single and available. And he was saying that whenever this happens in history where women are in oversupply in relation to men, the dating landscape tends to be more sexually uh, libertine and less monogamous, and women tend to be treated more like sexual objects. And so he was just saying, like, really look at the numbers to understand the landscape versus trying to just make sense of it through an emotional lens. And what do you think then women should be doing in order to basically make it more favorable to them, regardless of the landscape that they're in? Because I think it also varies in the city that that somebody might reside in. Yeah, I think in either case, well, here's the thing. In 2008, we had a massive economic recession in which everyone understood that right now times are tough, that it's difficult to make the money that you used to make, that people are struggling right now. And it was important that we all recognize that as a society so no one felt like a complete loser. But once you recognize that, now it's exactly what you just said. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to become a victim of the environment or are you going to rise above it? Are you going to be one of the few who comes up with a strategy, who figures it out, and actually still ends up doing very well for yourself, all things considered. And that's what the Game of Desire essentially is. It's not me saying, hey, it's so simple, all you have to do is. It's me saying, no, I know that it's hard right now. I recognize the fact that there is struggles. I'm listening to my viewers. I'm listening to people who follow me, just the desperation and the anger um, in their voices. And that is why I came up with this strategy. That is why we have to go above and beyond if we want to see results that are above the average person. And, you know, to add to that, it not being easy, despite having all these dating apps, is, you know, there was a a Hinge data uh, research that you shared saying that 81% of those who responded to the survey said that they never found a long-term relationship via a swiping app. Uh, You also mentioned uh, the grim reality about attractiveness, about race. Um, It seems like dating apps are the only viable options these days. But, you know, to someone who's out there who's like, okay, do I do dating apps? And if I don't do dating apps, what are my options? I feel like your book covers the grounds for both. I actually think that dating apps are a pro tool versus an entry-level tool. And I liken it to imagine looking for a job having never gone to school at all. Like you didn't go to primary school and secondary. You didn't go to university and choose a major. And all of a sudden at 18, with no prior learning, no self-assessment, no real direction, you're asked to choose an employer. You're asked to choose a a field to work in for the rest of your lives, possibly. What are the chances you're going to luck into the right job? Like they're slim to none. And the options are endless. And so when you go online, you can become a candlestick maker or a surgeon or an astronaut. You really don't know what's going to fit you best, number one. Number two, uh, where you're going to thrive, what environment is going to suit your personality and your skill set. So I think for a lot of people who haven't done the self-work, who haven't really narrowed down what they're looking for and what kind of partners they work best with, online dating can be a very dangerous space because the choice is just too infinite. For that individual, I would say Meeting through a mutual friend is great because it's somebody who knows you, somebody who can help you make that decision. And then two, when you meet in person, you're already creating one of the at least barriers of, not barriers, one of the minimum of creating a connection, which is some type of shared interest. And so if I meet you in person, more than likely we met at a thing that we both do, whether that be school or through a mutual friend or maybe at a bowling club or something. But if you've never really put the work in, I don't suggest starting online. 
Okay. Now, once you get started, uh, I know in your book, there's the mention of the three wishes or the frozen five. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yes. So there is a book that I love that's called The Science of Happily Ever After. And one of the things actually I got asked a lot as this book has come out is how is my book better than other dating books? And I would never use the B word because my book is is inspired by so many great dating books, but I just felt it was necessary to bring those tips to life, one, and show how others interact with them and combine them together so it's a one-stop shop. But one of the books that really did transform my approach to dating was The Science of Happily Ever After. And he talks about how statistically everyone gets three wishes when it comes to choosing a mate. When you ask people, you know, what are you looking for in a partner, they might mention a list and that list might have 15 20 things on it in truth you're not going to get those 15 or 20 things that's why it's really important to really be clear about what those three things are but i also think that if you put in more work than the average person the average person gets three wishes but the person who goes through my program or who spends a lot of time somebody who listens to this radio station even can afford five wishes because it's not as if you're coming into this blindly, like you've put the work in and that should afford you with some extra perks. And I think that comes with two more wishes and a partner. And what are those, like how, how would you suggest someone pick those wishes? Is it personality? Is it looks? Is it like, I want somebody who has a big family, who's friendly, who's athletic, he's, you know, tall and got, you know, brown hair and brown eyes. Like, is that the wishes? Yes. So you want them to be as specific as possible. Wishing for looks is never statistically suggested. It's a, one, it's a depreciating asset. And number two, there is no evidence that people who are better looking have a better quality connection or better quality relationships. And so you can use a wish on that, but that's almost like getting a genie and then, you know, wishing for a, a cup of water. It's like you could you could wish for that, but I, I don't think that's the wisest use of your wishes. But I actually, in the book, give a list of 26 traits because it is also important to narrow that down because when I ask people what they're looking for, they're like someone kind, someone who likes to go hiking. It's just these vague things that, one, almost anyone can fit into, and number two, actually don't speak to the heart of what brings out the best in you. I think there's two ways of looking at selecting a partner. There's picking the tall, dark, and handsome because externally that feels like something that you'd like to interact with. But then there's picking the person who is securely attached, who speaks your love language, and who you're sexually compatible with. Because you know that when you're supported by your partner, when you feel loved by your partner, and you're having bomb-ass sex, you're better at your job, you're a better friend, you're a better parent, etc. So I really suggest picking the qualities you're looking for and not based on what seems like it would be a good idea, but what you truly know brings out the best in you. And you may not even have a word for what that is, because again, We don't learn these things in school, which is why I suggest going over that list that I created, because I think through that, you might actually get some illuminating ideas of, oh, yeah, this is actually what I'm looking for. And I'm going to cross off likes long walks on the beach because that's a waste of a wish. We're speaking with Shan Boudram, author of two books, and her most recent one is The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. Information about the book can be found at thegameofdesire.com. Information about the book and a ton more. We're going to be speaking to her for the rest of the show as well. If you have any dating questions, you can text us at 514-800. You're listening to Passion. We're on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. talking love, sex, and relationships. If you are wondering where Dr. Lori is, she's on vacation. Uh, for the next two weeks so I'll be filling in for her my name is Paris Mansory if you want to connect with me it's at Paris Mansory on Twitter Instagram and Facebook 
Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. I am Paris Mansouri. You can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Paris Mansouri. Dr. Lori is away on vacation. You can check out all her fabulous pictures in Greece and all her adventures at Dr. Lori Batito, also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Tonight, we are talking to Shan Budrim. She is an author. She's a certified sexologist, intimacy expert, and YouTube personality. Her latest book is called The Game of Desire. You can find out more about it at thegameofdesire.com. So Shan, in your book, you talk about a lot and I have a ton of notes and we're not going to get to talk about all of the notes, but I want to get to some of what I think was the most important underlying messages is number one, working on ourselves first. That I feel like that was such a strong message throughout that while we're looking, you know, for this relationship, like this external experience, it starts with the internal. Absolutely. I think that that's the path to mastery for literally anything. The main issue that I came up against is that when it comes to relationships and dating and sex, we tend to forget all of the basic things that we've learned in every other industry and field. Like we can all say without a shadow of doubt that the way to become good at cooking or sewing or radio is through knowing who you are, knowing what you're good at, working on your strengths, amplifying those strengths, working on your weaknesses, or enlisting the help of someone else to help you work on those weaknesses. You know, using mentors, practicing in low-risk environments, we all understand what that path is, and yet when it comes to this area, we just hold out our hands and expect that the right person will fall from the, the sky. And it doesn't work that way for a lot of people. And so I'm just encouraging you to use the same formula that you know works in every other area to get success in this one. You say, though, in it, you know, one of, you know, a portion of the book is, should you be yourself? <laughs> and it was, you know, that's an interesting thing because a lot of times we're, we're said, we're told, you know, just be yourself, act natural, don't worry about it. If, you know, he should accept you for who you are, you should be accepted for all that you are, your flaws and all. You know, what do you say to that? I would say that absolutely works if everything is going well for you, right? Like if you, and first of all, if you're asking somebody for advice, that means that you're acknowledging you're not getting the results that you're looking for. So I think in many ways it's irresponsible to give somebody that advice. I know where the root is coming from. What they're trying to say is be the version of you that I like. Like that's the version of you you should show up for on dates. But in truth, if somebody went on 40 job interviews and never got a call back for any of them, you'd probably start to say like, well, what are you doing on these job interviews? Probably don't repeat that because whatever you've been doing hasn't been working. And so that notion of just be yourself, if you don't have to change anything, kind of goes back to what I was saying before. It's this expectation that love should just fall into our lap and great sex should just fall into our lap versus you got to troubleshoot sometimes. And I am a person who I believe you are whoever you consistently choose to be. I don't believe in a firm version of myself. And those of people who follow me online know I've shared a lot of not so great things about my past and some of the mistakes I've made. And I do that because I'm constantly evolving. And so me talking about what happened to me 10 years ago doesn't actually feel like a reflection of who I am because I am always pursuing change. And so I don't think that just being yourself is ever the best advice. I don't ever want to just do anything that really matters to me. I want to strive for more and strive to be the best version of me. And if something isn't working, I want to know so I can fix it because I only got one life to live. 
We're speaking to Shan Boudram, author of The Game of Desire. Shan, you also speak about looks. And, you know, you have this big portion about makeup, which I think is so handy for someone who doesn't know much about makeup or how to utilize it or to just use it to enhance their features. Why is this needed? And is, you know, are are we, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot when we say looks don't matter? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, like, the book has 12 chapters. There's probably maybe five to seven pages that are based on the external because I think that there are a lot of tools out there and I don't think that a book is the best format to learn how to enhance your look. Like YouTube exists. There's a lot of video library that does exist, but I didn't want to ignore it because of what you just mentioned. So the thing with the game of desire is too, is that I give a lot of tips in that book and a lot of different strategies. You got to pick what your game is. You got to pick how you want to play. And if the looks area is something that you want to use to your advantage, hey, here's how to learn about it. Here's the tools. If you don't want to, that's okay. There's other areas that you can play with. There's other strategies that you can utilize. But we would be lying if we said that looks don't matter when it comes to connection and attraction. It's not the be-all and end-all. I think that we actually think it matters way more than it really does. But again, yes, it, it does matter. And if that's something that you're interested in to give yourself an advantage, I wanted to make sure that there was some new information there for you. And what I love is, you know, anyone joining in and, and tuning in right now, I want you to understand Shan's approach, and, and she actually details it in the book. It says, the goal here is not to trick or one-up potential mates, but instead to get the best out of everyone in each budding connection. So even with this make advi- makeup advice or look advice, it's not about fooling anyone. It's just about being the best version of you to attract the best out of everyone else. Amen. Um, I wanted to talk about also the concept of contrast, which was really interesting. And it's actually explained really well in the beginning of your book. You actually outline, um, you know, being on a date, like coaching someone through a date. Uh, I want to talk about that. What is contrast? Yeah, contrast is what makes it's the spice of life, right? Um, It's basically a tease, right? So sometimes you can be really forthcoming and warm. And sometimes you can be just a little snarky, a a little dose of the contrast. I think keeps people on edge and keeps them guessing. And it just means you're not, you're never consistently one thing. You're not always going for pizza. Sometimes you're down for snails. Um, So contrasts are something that you can utilize to your advantage to make sure that you're never dull. The brain needs the brain likes pattern, the brain likes consistency, but it gets those spikes of dopamine when it gets something new and fresh. And So there's a real push and pull to be played with here where you want to, of course, be uh, comfortable to somebody, but never too comfortable where their brain starts to get bored. We're speaking to Shan Boudram, author of The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. Coming up, I want to share with you, or I'm going to actually have Shan explain uh how to take the best profile picture for a dating app, which is really, really, you know, an interesting piece of advice. And I never thought about it that way. I also want to talk about confidence. Uh, How important is that and how can you play it up? This is Passion on CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. We have had the privilege of having Shan Boudram join us for the hour. She's the author of The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance. We've covered the general topics of the book. Now I wanted to get some of the tips. I do think 
that you need to pick up this book. You need to check it out at thegameofdesire.com. But Shan is going to give us a few of the tidbits and a few of the takeaways. Um, what is your tip, Shan, on uh, images or pictures as profile images used on dating apps? Yes, so I know the ones you're talking about. Uh, we spoke with two dating app experts, one from OkCupid and one from The League, and their basic suggestion was look at magazine covers to get inspiration for how this picture should look because magazine covers are designed for people to choose them. Like Within a sea of 20, 50 different covers, they want theirs to stand out, and all magazine covers pretty much have the same formula. It's somebody usually shoulders and up, making direct eye contact with the camera. They're wearing a bright color, and it's a well-lit photo. So that is the psychology that you should copy and paste in your own one. Now, the extra thing that I added on top of that was inspired by this book that I read that is called Methods of Persuasion by Nick Kalenda. And he was saying that when he was trying to sell people this program that he was using um, and ask them to, to help repost that program, he put his Facebook profile photo of him holding a cake. And it, he found that when he started messaging people, he had like an 80% open rate. For anybody who's done marketing, that's a very unprecedentedly high open rate. And more people were complying than usual. And he realized that because people saw him with a cake, they were giving him more attention and time. And they were actually stopping what they were doing. And so that is to say that if you're on a swiping app, they say that if you're swiping for 30 seconds in a dating app, your brain goes into a state of hypnosis. And so you want your photo to snap them out of it and just make them stop in their tracks. And so when someone sees somebody holding a cake, immediately that opens up the brain schema for birthday. And on someone's birthday, what do we do? We give them more time and attention and we stop what we're doing. And so by doing that, you're going to get more people who spend more time on your profile. There's also a, a portion of the, well, there's, many portions of the book where you're giving tips or advice, but there's a section where um, there's specific uh, specific advice from a stripper. And I was like, what advice is she going to give? And it was actually quite interesting. <laughs> and one was about nonverbal acknowledgement. So for our listeners who, you know, are worried, and by the way, there are tons of scripts and sentence advice, like for things you can say to start up an interesting conversation with someone. But if you're still at the phase where you're too shy to go up and talk to someone, um, there there is ways to kind of like beyond holding eye contact. There's one where you kind of, you know, hide your face or gesturing at someone. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, the tips that she gave, because, you know, her job is to approach people. Her job as a stripper is to walk up to people. And she just found that it's much better if, one, it feels mutual. Consent is always massively important, and consent can actually begin before you even make any type of real verbal communication or physical communication to anybody. So what she says that she does is that she first watches people and takes their temperature. Are they in a rush? Are they in a bad mood? If they look relaxed, if their body language is open, then, okay, that's hint number one. Hint number two is do we make eye contact? Do we have moments where we both see each other, and are we doing that at least two to three times? And then after that, she says that she does a nonverbal cue. And a nonverbal cue is something that creates that connection of we're not making this up. We see each other. We're both interested. And she either does a wave, a wink. She mentioned doing this thing where she looks at them and then hides her face and looks again. Um, and then that person might smile back. At that point, you can take it upon yourself to go over and to initiate a conversation. 
But if that's enough for you, you can leave it there and see if the person now decides to pick up the slack and take the lead. Yeah, it feels a lot less risky to wink at someone or to kind of gesture and not get a response than actually go up to talk to someone and feel like they completely shut you out. Um, we have a texter who's wondering about eHarmony, and I guess they're wondering if you have any advice on dating apps in general. Yeah, I think that dating apps are a lot like job um, job websites. It's about figuring out where the highest percentage of what you're looking for is. And so eHarmony um, or Match.com, like those have a really high success rate of longer-term relationships. And I know eHarmony also has like an older demographic. And so if that's what you're looking for, like use dating apps to your advantage. Again, like I said, these are pro tips. So there's a thousands of dating apps out there and ones that are beyond those ones. There's dating apps that are based on people's salad preferences. There's dating apps for vegans only or for dog lovers only. Of course, dating app based on religion or based on race. So the more that you can be clear about where's the highest concentration of potential successful candidates for me going to be, that is the app you're going to choose. Choosing Tinder is like looking for a job on Craigslist. Yes, like everybody may go on, go on there. Yes, there's tons of variety, but also, again, everyone goes on there and there's tons of variety. If you're more localized in what you're looking for, I would suggest a more niche app. And if you've done your research and eHarmony seems like it has the most doctors, if that's what you're looking for, or the most people who are philanthropic, like, yes, that's the app for you. Some amazing advice. That's the tip of the iceberg. You have to pick up the book, The Game of Desire. Check it out at thegameofdesire.com. Shan, you've taught us a lot. I want to know what was, this is my last question to you, what was your takeaway that you wish you knew earlier? After you wrote this book and you sat down with it, you're like, the one thing, and I'm sure there's multiple, but if there's one message, what would it be? Yeah, seduction and attraction are not gifts that are given to some. They're a set of learned skills and techniques. Some people, like the piano, there are some people who naturally have a propensity towards the piano and it's much easier for them. There are some people who are naturally seductive. They are naturally attractive. People want to be around them. But if you're not one of those people, and I raise my hand to that, who doesn't naturally have that gift, you can learn it. You can practice it and you can master those things and you can put yourself in the center of every room and, of course, the center of every opportunity that you want to seize. And so don't feel like... If you weren't born with it, you do, you weren't meant to have it. You are meant to be as great as you choose to be. Shan Boudram, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to end um, every night this week. I've been ending with a quote, and I'm going to end with one from your book. It says, I do believe that if you know who you are at your core, what you want and who you deserve, you're more than ready to become one of the few who master this game and have a blast while playing it. Skillful seduction is not a gift bestowed on the beautiful. It's a series of learned behaviors acquired by the bold. I highly suggest you check this book out, thegameofdesire.com. Shan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, Paris. You're such a joy. I know that you're not feeling well today, but you crushed it. And I'm so grateful to continue our relationship together and with the listeners. Thank you so much. If you want to connect with uh, with Shan, it's thegameofdesire.com. That's it for me. I want to thank Aaron Lackoff for getting this show to air tonight. You've been listening to Passion. Dr. Lori is away on vacation. You can connect with her on her email for now, Lori at drlori.com. If you want to message me, it's at Paris Mansuri on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to fill your life with passion. You say you